You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you tuned in. Here in the Detroit area and all over the state, in fact, we see environmental justice issues play out all of the time, whether it's air pollution in southwest Detroit or the Flint water crisis or that green ooze that has been leaching onto I-696. Now there's a group of people formally convening around the idea of addressing and working on these issues. It's the state of Michigan's Environmental Justice Advisory Council. Joining us are two people who are part of the initiative. Regina Strong, the environmental justice public advocate with the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, also known as EGLE. And Joel Howrani Harris, who is the director of sustainability for the city of Detroit. Regina and Joel, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So, Regina, I'm going to start with you. Talk about your role at the state level and how this council came to be. So my position as environmental justice public advocate was created um, early last year by an executive order of Governor Whitmer's that really focused on revising a lot of things as it related to the Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy. Um, So the position of environmental justice public advocate was created to really address um, concerns, work with both um, advocate both externally and internally as it relates to environmental justice issues, um, handle complaints, and also lead what was also created in that executive order, an interagency environmental justice response team, which convenes um, the directors of several state departments to really look at how we move forward on environmental justice as a state. And so... As an offshoot of that, um, there, there are a lot of things that, that we are looking at, and one of those was the creation of an advisory council. Um, that advisory council was announced last week, and it's a really exciting next step in the work toward addressing environmental justice in the state. Hmm. Uh, what are the biggest climate and environmental issues that the two of you see here in Michigan? I listed just a few in the opening, but I imagine that you guys could talk about lots of other things that are going on. Joel, I'll start with you. Well, I certainly think uh, air quality remains a, a serious issue in Detroit, uh, southwest Detroit, obviously, but other areas of Detroit. We have the the highest asthma hospitalization rates in the state by far, three times the state average. So uh, air quality remains a huge issue. I think another issue that people maybe don't sometimes think about environmental justice is really uh, the poor health outcomes that we have uh, as city residents. Um, And a lot of that is rooted in the, maybe the inability to um, get out of the house and walk, walk around their neighborhood or uh, bike uh, to somewhere that they want to bike to, uh, or obviously food access, um, and access to recreation are all, all issues that are really related to that as well. And then finally, I think, um, as, in, as in anything else, um, there's people that are more vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. So we think about, you know, high heat events. So, you know, temperatures over 100 degrees in the summer. Um, and those, obviously, if you're elderly and you don't have air conditioning and you don't have a car, you're probably a lot more vulnerable to those issues. Mm-hmm. And so we need to think more holistically about how to resolve and how to address those issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Regina, how do you see the sort of statewide, I guess, perspective on those issues that Joel was talking about? And are there other issues that crop up uh, in, in other parts of the state? 
Joel's absolutely right that air quality is an issue, and particularly in, in varying areas of the state, but there are some real challenges in um, the Detroit area as it relates to air quality. Um, clean water is another issue, um, water issues in general, but clean water overall, it's a, it's a top priority of, govern, of the governor to really address um, water issues. And in addition to my position um, that was created in the executive order, there is also a clean water public advocate position that was created hmm. um, because it is such a top priority. Um, we also, you know, as it relates to water, everything from, you know, PFAS to lead, I mean, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot as it relates to water. Um, so those are priorities for the state to look at, and there are also challenges that people in Michigan face. Hmm. Uh, the green ooze that's leaching out on 696, the uh, owner of the company responsible for that, Gary Sayers, who is now in jail, had been acting illegally as far as the containment of toxic material for a while. And MDEQ said they knew about it for years, or at least it's been reported that they did. What's worse, of course, is that there are potentially thousands of other sites just like this all over the state. I wonder if you can talk about what this council will do or whether you think the formation of this council will hold people accountable in a different way for things like that. Regina? So as we move forward, um, on really looking at environmental justice issues overall, there are unfortunately, a lot of remnants of our industrial past that have come up, um, like the Green News you mentioned, and the many sites that, frankly, take a lot of money to clean up. And, you know, the goal of our work from an environmental justice standpoint is to really make sure that we're equitably, equitably looking at all of those issues as they come up. And we're making sure that we address them in a way that's going to protect public health, which is the mission of Eagle as well as protect our environment. And so each one is unique and different, and we've got a lot of different ways that we're looking at those. But I think the priority is when we learn about things, we try to address them in the way that makes sense at that particular moment, you know, primarily to make sure that people are self are safe, right? Mm -hmm. That we are protecting public health. And then we look at what caused it, how it happened, we investigate it. Oftentimes there is a history because there are sites that we either previously regulated or regulate now, and we have the um, the chance to look back and see what happened. Mm. And so in the case of the green ooze, as it's been coined, um, you know, that was something that both Eagle, um, Environment of Great Lakes, um, Environment Great Lakes and Energy looked at right away, um, as well as EPA, and started the investigation, um, or any other situation. We really try to work to make sure, first and foremost, we keep people safe, mm -hmm. um, because the justice piece of this overall is that. And, and how we will address that from the standpoint of an advisory council is really this council is going to help advise the interagency response team as we look at plans to make sure that everyone in Michigan benefits the same way from our laws and regulations. And then we'll look at how do we address issues as they come up to make sure that justice is at the forefront. Go ahead, Joe. Um, 
I'll also like to add that I, I think issues like uh, the Green News uh, tends to get headlines um, and certainly is something we need to address. But I think about uh, people's homes and the quality of their homes mm-hmm. and the affordability of their utilities. I think that's a primary environmental justice issue because we know um, that 48% of Detroiters are what's considered housing insecure. They, they pay over 30% of their income for for uh, housing, including utilities, and um, not to mention the prevalence of lead poisoning in the city and our housing stock. So, uh, you know, almost everyone lives in a home, and they're and they're daily encountering that home and, mm-hmm. and what's in that home. So, I think I really think that looking at housing and creating safe, affordable, uh, and healthy housing for all Detroiters and all Michiganders uh, should be a primary outcome of this group. And I think. Many of these issues are kind of multi-jurisdictional, right? So, um, you know, the city has purview over the land. Eagle has purview over the air and the water. And so a lot of times some of these issues become a hot potato. And I think this is this commission is a really a great way to come together and think collectively what's the best way to address this to effectively address, uh, address public health, right? Address people people in our cities and in our state to make sure that they are safe from environmental hazards. That's really the outcome we want to have. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I ahead, definitely Regina. agree with that, Joel. Yeah. Uh, Joel, I wonder if you can talk about the intersection of climate justice and systemic racism, uh, you know, and how that plays into not only this new council, but also your job every day here in the city of Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. So we know that, um, there was just a study uh, published recently over the last few uh, last month, I think, that really showed that if you if you uh, if you overlay the maps of redlining, it and then overlay where there's little tree canopy in cities, those those maps actually correspond almost exactly. And we know that trees and tree canopy is a is a primary way to mitigate high heat in the summer, mm-hmm. right? If you're under a canopy tree, the temperature can be 20, 10 to 20 degrees less um, than if you're not, right? And so that's just one example of, of the ways that unfortunately um, the climate and, and how prepared a neighborhood is and residents in that neighborhood are to um, weather the impacts of climate climate is really, unfortunately, there is a historical uh, correspondence to racial inequities. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that my office is working on and through the sustainability action agenda that we published in June is we have identified the 20 most vulnerable census tracts, um, thinking about both the characteristics of the people who live there. So if they're seniors, if they don't have a vehicle, if they're in poverty, and then looking at the level of tree canopy, and we're seeking to double the number of trees planted in those areas in five in the next five years, mm. um, to really address those, uh, address the inequalities that are are existing in our and are unfortunately historical in our in our city and state. Mm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guests are Regina Strong, environmental justice public advocate for the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, also known as EGLE. Also with us is Joel Halvrani Harris, who is the director of sustainability for the city of Detroit. We're talking about a new environmental justice Uh, advisory council that is starting here in Michigan to take a really close look at some of the climate justice issues 
that we see unfolding all around us all the time here in the city of Detroit and, of course, around the state of Michigan. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. What are the environmental issues you're most concerned about? Is it a particular issue in your community? Is it seeing bad actors be held accountable and face consequences? Would you like to see the state have stricter standards for things like drinking water quality? Tell us what you're thinking about when it comes to your community, your health, and the environment where you live. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Regina, before we get to listeners, I would like you to talk about how you think citizens will be able to interact with this new council. What will they see in terms of difference in the way that the state is dealing with these issues? So overall, the work that began um, last year is all about providing better public engagement for EGLE, how we um, both communicate with the public as well as how much access folks have to really communicating with us. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of the next step in that. So we're looking at things like having roundtables around the state where we can have conversations in regions across the state as it relates to environmental justice issues um, that affect them. Um, working, you know, one of the things that that Joel mentioned that I kind of wanted to circle back around on is the multi-jurisdictional nature of a lot of these issues as they come up. It really takes working with local government um, on a variety of levels, as well as people in communities to gain an understanding of not just what the issues are, but what the potential ways to address them might be. And so, we're working really hard to make sure we have a variety of ways that people will interact with us, have an opportunity to share both concerns as well as help work towards solutions along with us. Um, that's part of why I'm excited about the real intentional nature of the advisory group composition, which includes local government, um, public health, academia, frontline activists, as well as people from impacted communities from across the state and tribal representation, um, as well as some industry to really bring all those voices together to look at solutions. And so um, the roundtables will be probably the first opportunity um, to have something like that specifically focused on environmental justice around the state, but we'll be looking at other ways. And we've put all these great minds in one room so we can get ideas from them as well. Hmm. Let's go to the phones here. Leslie in Hazel Park, what's on your mind? I'm thinking about the Nestle's, how they're sucking out all the, or not all of them, but the <laughs> water out of the Great Lakes mm-hmm. to get up pittance of uh, of a license fee and then the asian carp Hmm. which are which is would decimate any major fishing uh uh uh, concerns anybody has sure Sure. those are mine leslie i appreciate the call and you raising those issues regina strong i wonder if you could talk about each of those first the the nestle water deal and then what Asian carp, which is something that we used to talk a lot about, but we haven't heard a whole lot about lately. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know both of those are concerns. You're right. Asian carp has not been at the top of the news pile here lately, (laughs) but it continues to be a Great Lakes um, challenge. And I know we are working, our water folks are working um, collectively with our Great Lakes team on a real strategy around handling that. I don't directly work on that, so I don't Mm -hmm. have as much information to give an update on that. But that is something that um, I know is still being addressed. There are so many um, issues as it relates to water. And that one, although I'm very focused on environmental justice issues, goes a little beyond where I typically focus. So that's a hard one for me to address, Mm -hmm. other than I know it continues to be a concern that's being addressed by water folks. Mm -hmm. And, and as it relates, and the Nestle, yes, go ahead. Similarly, with Nestle, although um, that process I know is working through, I am not as connected to that process from the environmental justice issue, so I don't really want to answer that in a way that is not totally accurate because I'm not sure where we are on that. Although I've I've heard the concerns and the concerns about water, um, and some of the challenges in that community as it relates to you know what has happened in lieu of water extraction. So that's something I would say stay tuned on because it is something that we're looking at as a state. Hmm. Uh, Leslie, again, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, John. So uh, first and foremost, I loved your uh, show on with Verge Bonero about replacing all the lead pipes and in, in, uh, Lansing. In Lansing. I'd love yeah. to see him reproduce that throughout the state of Michigan. But as far as trees go, and I'm all about trees, we planted probably almost a thousand trees in Jeff Chalmers with uh, partnering with uh, Greening of Detroit over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But um, first of all, people have a real thing about trees. I don't know if it's the leaves. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's power lines coming down on them, but we don't really have a maintenance uh, system in Detroit right now. And that's something that's got to go hand in hand with planting trees is managing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, that's a great that's a great point. Uh, Joel Harani Harris, how do you respond to that? Absolutely, no. I have uh, I've heard those concerns uh, from many folks. So John's spot on about those issues. Is that it is actually a challenge to um, well, we're planning. Uh, we have a ten thousand tree planting program, and uh, it actually can be a challenge to get pe- people to accept a tree. And I think some of that is this a legacy of them not being cared for. Um, and so, um, actually the forestry department at the city is rolling out a new, more robust maintenance program and, uh, plans to get to every tree and prune every tree in the city, uh, by the, by the end of, of this year is their, is their goal. Um, and so obviously we, we want to have more trees, but we also need to, to take care of them as well. So, uh, fully, fully cognizant that that's part of it. Um, Also, just to state, I think there's an interesting uh, jobs opportunity aspect of this, Um, and and I know DTE is looking at uh, hiring more folks to do tree servicing um, in more Detroiters specifically. Hmm. Okay. Regina Strong, uh, environmental justice public advocate at Eagle. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Oh, thank you for talking about it. Absolutely. Invite us back anytime. Yeah, I, we absolutely will. And uh, Joel Harwani Harris, who's Director of Sustainability for the City of Detroit, great to have you here as well. Thank you so much. We appreciate the time.
That's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow for a recap of all the big issues and moments from Governor Gretchen Whitmer's State of the State Address. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.